All right. Let's pray. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and minds to an infinite wisdom, pure intelligence, divine love. Ah, the all good of God flowing in our awareness, in our heart, in our mind. So grateful and so thankful to open ourselves to know and to remember, to feel and to sense, to recognize our perfection, our divinity, our wholeness and holiness. We are grateful and thankful to come together for the purpose of healing, for a release of joy, a release of that which does not serve. We're releasing into joy, so grateful and thankful that it is our natural state. Grateful and thankful to awaken, to accept the atonement for ourselves. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 (sighs) All right. So, uh, wondering if... I was hearing something, thought maybe it was a cat. Um... Have you been uh, enjoying Christian Larson's book, Pathway of Roses? Yeah, I just wanted to ask. I tried to get it on Amazon, that one, and I thought that was the cover that I was looking for, the one you just held up, so I'm glad you did that again, because the only one they had was like $43. (laughs) Like, oh, no, I don't want to pay that much. Um, so I'm having a hard time getting the one you said is the best one. And it sounds really good every time you read it or somebody else reads it. So I really want it like yesterday. But anyway, any suggestions? Yeah. That, that happens to me on Amazon also. But I checked like some box about other sellers or something and then I ordered my copy as a used copy it was five dollars it was I kind of had to look a little further for that okay thank you I'll do that Uh I I actually looked at that option but it was like they weren't going to be coming until like mid-October and I didn't want to wait that long but maybe maybe it'll come faster than mine came in a couple days it was amazing okay that was that was the hold up for me i was like i didn't want to wait that long okay thank yep. you yeah well they they say that because they can't guarantee things right they, usually they put it in the mail right away because they want to get a good rating from you on amazon so they don't want uh anything to mess with their ratings cuz they're used bookstores so cuz i buy used books all the time and, um, yeah, they usually come within a few days. Okay. Thank you so much. And, yeah, thank you. You know, they, they have a combined book of, like, seven of his books. I mean, are, are a lot of his books good, Jennifer? Such that that I've might... only read the one. All right. Okay. Thank you. Yep. I, uh, you know, I, I don't read a whole – I buy a lot of books, and I'll kind of skim them and look at them or take a little thing from them. But I don't read a lot of books. I tend to just stick to the ones that I have that I've been reading for years. And they're such a gold mine. And 
Yeah. I mean, and there's just not a lot new to say about God. So usually the books I'm getting are about something other than spirituality. So, or their friends' books or things like that. Yeah. So let's see here. So I wonder who's been reading uh, Pathway of Roses and and uh, has anybody finished it yet? Anybody? Anybody have any comments around any of it? No, what? You, you can uh, go ahead and unmute yourselves, Jeannie. Oh, just that I really enjoyed, I bought the book used on Terrific, and then I um, found it on YouTube as well. So I really enjoyed reading it and listening to it. It made, For some reason, I had trouble when I just read it. It was hard for me to concentrate, but just doing it both made it so much easier. In fact, it was like, no, I have to stop now. I have to get do something. So I'm really enjoying it. Great. Carol and then uh, Laurel. Oops, sorry. I, I I have a hard time putting it down. I feel like I'm eating a meal. I absolutely am just absorbing it so so much. Um, I I can't. Even, it's hard to even describe it. It's so. It's almost poetry. It, it's just. It, it's so positive. I don't know how you can read this book. And not want to just walk with God every single minute and make that your life purpose because that it's like, it's like catching. It's, it's just, a, I don't know. That's how I feel about it. I, I just, I, I don't think I've ever read anything quite like it. It's, it's just his way he, he writes. I mean, it's a bit old fashioned, but it's so lovely and it just, it just gets me where I it just my heart. I just can't. I, I I don't know. I'm like, wow. I'm with you, brother. That's how I feel, and I and I just love it. And I read it before I go to bed. So half the time, I'm like, I gotta put this down and go to sleep now because because I just and the chapters are not particularly long. So the, it's it's just. I'm so happy that you recommended this to us because I would never know. I don't have that copy. I have this, but it's wonderful. I'm loving it. So, yeah. So, thank you. Yeah, that copy is fine. It just doesn't have the little intros to oh. each chapter. I'll try to get the other one. I'll try to also, because I'd love another copy. Yeah. I already told a friend about it, and she <laughs> she's getting it. So, <laughs> there you go. I get to share it. I couldn't help it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Laurel and then Sonia. Well, I came to um, a, a sentence or a little paragraph that just uh, dismayed me. That was my response to it. And so it what? It, I was dismayed. Dismayed. Oh, dismayed. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I just wondered, I wanted, I, I copied it down and I just oh, wanted good. to do. When okay, misfortune, great. okay, here it goes. When misfortune comes, comes to you um, and you don't think that you don't deserve it it's not that god is unjust or fate unkind you have simply failed to do his will in all things 
don't blame, readjust your life so that you may become one with him in all things. And to me, I, I, I read that and I went, oh my God, you have to be perfect in order to have your life to work. And I just, I don't know, that just, uh, that didn't, that didn't do well by me. I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about and let's, let's look at it. I'm just going to bookmark that and we'll see what Sonia has to say. We'll come back. Okay. Sonia? Oh, sorry. Let's see if I can, there you go. Okay. Um, yeah, I really love the book and I loved the um, comparing it with the course of miracles. There was a lot of, overlap for me and I felt like it was channeled in the same way and so it really broke down my resistance straight away to accepting what was in the book and I was I wrote down lots of little passages that I particularly liked and um, one of them was um, it started off with uh, the divine will does not fight wrong it transforms wrong it works in silence and serenity, but goes so deeply into the elements of things that it undermines the very first cause of all adverse or detrimental conditions. And that just m melted with the course so beautifully that, and I just love the way it expressed it. I put it on my phone as a, a reminder and I get a little ding every day to, to read it. Ah, that's wonderful. Yes. Will you read that one more time, Sonia? I will. Um, and why I really resonate with this is because I think I was doing this in my life already and I didn't feel like I was doing anything. But when I read this, I realised I am doing something. I'm doing it silently and in serenity. Yeah. Not, you know? So this I love. So the divine will does not fight wrong. It transforms wrong. It works in silence and serenity, but goes so deeply into the elements of things that it undermines the very first cause of all adverse or detrimental conditions. And it goes on, but um, the divine will, by going into the deeper life of all things, transforms all things into harmony with itself and can transform all things because its power is supreme. The, the, it is the will of God to set every person free when he places his life completely in the hands of divine will. So I just, I absolutely love that. It completely resonates with the way that I naturally want to operate in the world. What chapter is that from? Um... I think I've got page 20 on, written underneath as a note for myself. So um, it's quite early on, I think. Thank you. Yeah, it's on my page 20. Yes, same book. All right. Thank you. Beautiful. Laurel, let's come back to you. Will you read that passage again? 
when misfortune comes um, and you think you don't deserve it, it's not that God is just or fate unkind. You've simply failed to do his will in all things. Don't blame, but readjust your life so you may become one with him in all things. It's the sentence to me that you have simply failed to do his will in all things, which is what really got me. And what is the, the feeling that you have? What, what is it that bothers you? It bothers me that that sentence feels to me like I'm expected to know exactly what his will is and God's will is in all things. And I, I don't. Could you? I don't know. I suppose. Would you if you could? Of course. So, I can understand what you're saying and that feeling that you're expected. Who is expecting you? God is. At least that's what I'm understanding the author to say. What I mean, page is that on? I don't know. Mine's a uh, Kindle. And I've only, I've only gotten the first, maybe to the third chapter. So you, it's at the end of chapter two. It's, a, it's the second to last paragraph. Thank you, Jeannie. All right, so that is my page. Oh, in my my copy, in this copy, it's page 28, and it is the last paragraph. Um So I'm going to read the paragraph before just to see, you know, we can get a broader understanding of what he's sharing. The incompleteness of human life in general is caused by our failure to enter into perfect accord with all the laws in our sphere of existence. So I'm on page 27 in my copy. We may be wholly right in some things while the very opposite in other things. We may be scrupulous in regard to the right use of some laws and at the same time continually negligent in regard to others. There are many who take perfect care of their bodies and comply most rigidly with all known physical laws, yet they violate the laws of mind nearly every hour of their existence. So like someone who's um, very health conscious, uh, working out tremendously, taking supplements, uh, weighing themselves, you know, sculpting their body through uh, exercise and things like that, but who is complaining and mean or 
things like that is what I take that to mean. He says, um, others are very careful so as to think only the truth and do their best to remain continually in the most beautiful states of mind. But while aiming to live in mental ideals, they are wholly indifferent to the welfare of their body. Not infrequently, we find people who live in perfect accord with intellectual laws, but violate daily the moral laws. Also, too many who are the reverse. In brief, the majority do the will of God in some realms while living entirely at variance with his laws in other realms. And here we find the simple answer to many perplexing questions. When some misfortune comes to you that you do not think you deserve, do not think that God is unjust or that fate is unkind. You have simply failed to do his will in all things. Do not blame others. Do not blame fate. Do not even blame yourself. Simply proceed to readjust your life so that you may become one with him in all things. Then all ills shall disappear. And you shall not only regain what you have lost, but you shall, in addition, receive much more. Live in accord with all the laws of life, physically, emotionally, uh, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Do all things in the consciousness of God. Do all things to the glory of God. And follow the light of his spirit in every thought and deed. Then you will always do the will of God. So one of the things that I find in reading the work is that there are certain perceptions that he puts forth, like this one, that I don't wholly agree with or I don't, it doesn't feel completely true to me. So for instance, if he were here and we were talking with him, I would say, Christian, What about Jesus? Because many people would consider being crucified and betrayed that these things were misfortunes. Are you saying that Jesus did not wholly align with the will of God and that's why he suffered such horrific misfortunes? And I don't even know what Larson would say to that. Is Jesus an exception to his belief or what he understands? Um, so when it comes to misfortunes, what I can tell you is what I have come to understand and there are certain things I feel I know and certain things I feel I understand. One thing I know is that God does not punish us. I know that this, there's not one thing in this universe that's random ever. And I know that everything works together for our good. Everything is loving. All misfortunes are loving. 
And misfortune is relative. Misfortune is a judgment. Just that one word right there. That's a perception. That's a judgment. So I've had experiences where Trying to think, uh, just let spirit show me the the best one. And I've I've had experiences where I was fired from a job, and it seemed like they withheld money that I was due. But I could see and feel energetically at the time. That I was being set free. In hindsight, I could see that what what it was was a what comes to me as a karmic crossing, karmic crossroads. That had I chosen to be bitter and angry and resentful vindictive or anything like that towards those people who fired me, I would have then experienced my own misfortune, mis- you know, of some kind. But because I didn't, instead, I, I went to, I'm free now. I don't have to be in this place anymore. And something much better is going to unfold for me. Uh, which it did because it forced me to say, okay, now I'm going to focus on ministry. But I had actually prayed to release the job and focus on ministry the day before they fired me. I had spoken a mighty word of prayer that that job should go to someone who wants it. And I now can step into ministry. I just didn't think the prayer would be answered so fast. I thought I'd have a chance to prepare my finances and whatnot. But, you know, that taught me it was on God's timing. So I perceived no misfortune, although my ego certainly could have. I said, no, this is my opportunity to trust in God and not in the world, and I'm going to take it. This will be, I really said, this is going to be the transformation of my consciousness. This is where I learn radical trust. I made that decision. And every day I would have these surges of fear about money. And then I would say, no, I am trusting in God. God is my source. Jobs are not my source. People are not my source. God is my source. And this I will prove. I will absolutely let God show me this is true. And so it it could have been perceived as a misfortune, but it was not. So if we look at it, if we said that that, um, if, if Christian had said, when you perceive some misfortune, that you do not think you deserve. You've simply failed to do his will in all things. 
I could see where I, I had that experience where it was about I had to forgive myself, I had to forgive them. I had to forgive a number of people involved be only because I had judgments of everybody, including myself. But it wasn't hard for me to do that because I was intent on doing it. I saw the value of doing it. And I was a forgiveness teacher at the time. So I could say that perhaps that experience was that release of karma came to me in that way because I had failed to do God's will in some way, perhaps. Otherwise, it would have come to me in the form of a realization, an aha, an insight, rather than an experience of judgment coming up and forgiveness unfolding, right? Perhaps if I didn't have some karmic residue, something where I had not aligned with God's will in the past, I would have just had the, the insight, the release. I, I wouldn't need to have it be an emotional experience where judgments are being triggered. Isn't that the difference between being a happy learner? Exactly. Not? Yeah. So, so for me, I think what you're asking is super, super valuable and important, Laurel. So I understand what you're saying. It makes sense to me, the feeling and the perception. And my sense is that that thought about expectation is coming up for healing. That God doesn't have any expectations of us. That's what the, the world of free will is all about. It's like setting kids loose in a pro playground where they can do whatever the heck they want and they'll come home just as they left, only more enriched, more appreciative of God's love, more empowered, more luminous. But they can't be hurt in any way. They're just going to have a hell of a good time. Do you, remember, do, do you remember seeing that picture that I posted, I don't know, early this year, I think it was, of the people on the roller coaster, the kid with the woman, right? And it was the, the caption said, you know, it's like me and the Holy Spirit, right? And so I'm the kid, and the kid's like terrorized you know and the holy spirit is the woman and she's laughing <laughs> you know and the kid is terrified so and it's just perspective it's just perspective and experience and and all of that and um you know she knew she was safe the kid was terrified <laughs> so 
in in uh, let's see in in my radio show today, I shared. Where was it? Oh, I don't know if I can find it. I was reading from the. Oh, I know I can find it. It's, it's so related here. Give me just a second. I'll find it. Okay, so chapter 23 of um, the teacher's manual in the course is called, Does Jesus Have a Special Place in Healing? And he says here, God's gifts can rarely be received directly. Even the most advanced of God's teachers will give way to temptation in this world. Would it be fair if their pupils were denied healing because of this? The Bible says, ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Is this merely an appeal to magic? A name does not heal nor does an invocation call for any special power. What does it mean to call on Jesus Christ? What does calling on his name confirm? Why is this special? Why is this appeal to him part of healing? We've repeatedly said that one who has perfectly accepted the atonement for himself can heal the world. Indeed, he has already done so. So he's saying, you know, I I did that. Temptation can may recur to others, but never to this one. He has become the risen son of God. He has overcome death because he has accepted life. He has recognized himself as God created him. And in so doing, he has recognized all living things is as part of him. There is now no limit on his power because it is the power of God. So has his name become the name of God, for he no longer sees himself as separate from him. So even the most advanced of God's teachers will give way to temptation in this world. So there's Jesus saying there's no expectation of perfection. And why? Because one of the the baseline things we know about this world intellectually at least, is that we are perfect expressions of God experiencing a belief in imperfection. And as um, Michael Beckwith used to tell a story of a, uh, an older woman in the congregation who would say, Taint so! Taint so! So the expectation of perfection to me comes from the ego thought system. Why? Because if there's an expectation of perfection, there's an affirmation of imperfection. And there's no such thing except in the opinion of the ego. You know, I, I would 
would think that if Christian Larson lived to, to, to now and could have the conversations that we've been having for the last few years, he would rewrite that and, and state it differently. Because the main thing for me about it that I bothered me when I first read it and every time since is that there's just there could, people could interpret it as you're being punished. And it is so valuable to me in my learning experience. This awareness that God never punishes anyone even people who were mass murderers even hitler uh, baby killers no one is punished ever 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 but in this world of karma the way it works is if we condemn ourselves we will experience the condemnation. If we condemn others, we will experience that condemnation so that we can give it up and over so we can realize it has no value. What we do to others will be done to us and what we do to ourselves will also be done to us. This is the one of the ways that we can experience our choices in this world. But as A Course in Miracles tells us, the other option is to learn through joy. So we don't have to learn through that old way. And we're learning not to learn through that way. We're actually proving that we can have ahas and insights that we can actively recognize, you know what? I don't feel good holding this resentment. So I'm going to let it go. We don't have to learn through somebody resenting us for something. And we don't have to go through these pushing density, low vibrational learning experiences anymore, which is why A Course in Miracles, we move, we can, if we actually work A Course in Miracles and don't just read it, if we actually follow it and practice it, we can have extraordinary healing very, very quickly. And um, and very, very quickly can mean several years, you know. Uh, right now I'm doing the one-on-ones, and um, it's so wonderful to do one-on-ones with everyone, uh, but there's a, a, a certain kind of... joy in having a one-on-one -on -one with someone who's been in Masterful Living for six years. And because we remember so well when we would have the one-on-one -on -one and the person was crying, life was so hard, would it ever change? Why can't they have a breakthrough? And now they're only sharing their celebration because that's all there is. You know, and maybe the next Next one, there'll be some challenge that's come forth. But, you know, I, I mean, I had uh, countless counseling sessions where I was angry and I was bitter and I was complaining and blaming. And um, 
I, that's not my way anymore. I don't, that's not my conversation anymore. And the fact that these changes can happen in just, you know, a few years is mind blowing because I used to think it could never happen for me. And I was absolutely like locked into that belief. I had totally thought this is just, I have to cope with this and do the best I can and, and, and hope for better days next lifetime. Mm. You know, in, in the heaven and the great beyond. Cause it sure isn't going to happen for me here. I, I've been too mean. I've been too cruel. I'm too messed up. So I'm so glad that you pointed that out and brought that up. How, how do you feel about it now, Laurel? Much better. You know, my reaction, I think, to it was because I feel like I have changed a lot. And that sentence made me feel like, well, it's just not good enough. You know, you just, nope, that's just not good enough. And I I just, but I don't know, I, I, I did feel a little despair about that. Yeah. Um, um, but I thank you so much because I feel much better listening to you talk. And, of course, just you're saying that, that if he was living in today's times, he may, he may have worded that differently. Um, that gives me comfort. <laughs> because not in, in no way have I ever felt um, since I have been a student of yours that, that there's any expectation of perfection. Never. So that that I bumped I bumped into that and that's how I interpreted it. Um, so thank you very much. I feel yeah. <laughs> you know, this is how the when we get tweaked by things, then we know that that's our healing opportunity, as you well know and demonstrate mm-hmm. all the time. And um, yeah, there are a, a few things in this book uh, that I. When I've read them, I went, uh, but that's okay. You know, it's like when I first read A Course in Miracles, I thought, what's all this father stuff? What's all this he stuff? What's up with that? Yeah. But then I just said, well, whatever. I can't, I can't let it get in my way. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Paula? I noticed uh, with astrology, you know, I'm talking about when this book was written and the language used. Right. And everything, and how we're in different times now. Yes, we are. Things have gone down, you know, and risen up. And... But with, when I uh, do an astrology reading, I have a couple of books where I really like the, the author of the books. But what happens is I find myself having to translate what they say into how, how I am understanding things now and all the shifts that have occurred. 
And I'm not going to tell these people what he said. I have a book called The Nasty Book. If you read it right out of The Nasty Book, you know, poor people. But when you perceive it differently, it, it, it's almost like you have to translate it. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about this book. It's so um, it's like going into a house that needs to be updated. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's not beautiful. Doesn't mean it's got great bones. It's got great bones. The views are good. The setting in the site needs to be updated. <laughs> yep. Beautiful. All right, let me recalibrate here. Uh, well, I think this is going to be perfect uh, lead-in for what I was going to share here um, from the book. And I'll, I'll put my thing up here. And it's uh, in my version, it's on page 68. Uh and it starts with this, God is sufficient. God is sufficient. When you are in sickness, trouble, sorrow, or want, depend upon the supreme. You need nothing else. Infinite power is greater than all power. And if you have perfect faith, This power will surely set you free, no matter what the condition of bondage may be. The ills of the world continue principally because we think that something else besides the infinite is required. But to depend upon other things besides the one is idol worship. The true worship of God, the highest worship of God, is to live so near to God that we can at all times feel that power that can do everything, will do everything, is doing everything. When we worship God in spirit and in truth, we do not seek help from things. We use things according to their nature, but we seek help from the supreme alone. There is no bondage in living according to the law. In brief, there is freedom only in that life that lives absolutely according to the law. A law is but a path to new realms, fairer than we have ever known before. To follow any law in life is to increase the greatness and the worth of life, and to follow all the laws of life is to grow perpetually into the highest good that body mind and soul can possibly desire and no one could wish for a greater freedom than this to use the law is to deprive ourselves of our own and bring disorder want and pain into life instead the law never binds nor holds down. The power of all law moves eternally toward the height, that supreme greatness that is waiting for man. And whoever follows the law will move with that power up into those same heights. 
Give God the glory for what you have and you will receive more. Be grateful for the measure that is coming to you and that measure will increase perpetually. This is the law and it will never fail unless you fail to do to others what God is doing to you. Giving and receiving must be equal in your life. We must give something for everything we receive. Nothing is free. The universe is not built in that manner. But giving does not imply the gift of things. True giving and true being are one and the same in real life. The act of giving produces just as much joy as the act of receiving because both add to the richness of existence. When we give much, we bring forth much from the depths of divine being. And what we bring forth becomes a permanent part of actual life. When we give much, we add to the life from within. When we receive much, we add to the life from the without. And when the richness of the within is harmoniously blended with the richness of the without, then real living begins. But the two must be equal. When we give more than we receive, receive more than we give, discord follows. And herein we find the cause of many troubles and ills. The lesser without cannot receive the greater within. Nor can the greater without be appropriated and appreciated by the lesser within. The small under Nor can the great, highly developed mind find contentment in crude, uncultivated and the and giving and receiving are equal. In truth, there is no other way. If we would have the real correspond with the ideal and the capacity to enjoy be as large as the good things we have found to enjoy, we must give as much as we receive and receive as much as we give. So I'm going to pause there and suggest a breakout looking at the balance of giving and receiving in your life. Because as you probably have heard me say, many people are convinced that many spiritual students are convinced that it's better to give than to receive. But how could it be better to give than to receive? Because When we're receiving, we're really receiving only from one place, and that's God. If we're not receptive from God, what are we going to give? What can we share, right? So giving and receiving need to uh, be in balance, as he's saying, but it's, it's really about 
mentally we're in balance, giving and receiving. And because it can seem at times for someone that, um, you know, like when my mom was so sick and she couldn't care for herself physically, you know, so I was, um, you know, I was washing her face and, you know, doing, you know, just all that personal care. She couldn't do it. She couldn't get out of the bed. She couldn't roll over. You know, she couldn't do anything like that by herself. And she would say, initially, she'd say, I'm so sorry you have to do this. I'm so sorry. You know, like the first time I had to wipe her bum, she called me to the bathroom. She said, I just can't do it. And I said, oh, mom, how many times have you wiped my bum? It's not a big deal. Yeah, I'm glad I can do it. She said, I just don't, I feel terrible. You have to do it. I said, I don't, mom. I don't. I'm glad I can do it. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad you let me, you know, really. And that's how I felt, you know. It's, this is what needs to be done. And therefore, there's nothing I'd rather do than help you. Just like, you know, I'm sure you were glad to be able to wipe my bum, you know, that you could do it and that I was there for you to do it. So, She was really receiving. She had to receive, right? But on an energetic level, she was giving me a chance to express complete unconditional love all day, every day. And she was receiving that love fully. She wasn't saying, oh, no, don't, don't, don't. I mean, once she got over, this is the way it is now. You know, it, her, it took her ego a minute to get over that. Totally understandable. Then she was just receptive, you know, and, and twice a day I would give her a facial, you know, and we'd take like 20 minutes to do it. And she would just look up at me like an adoring child looks at their mother. Like we had reverse roles, you know, we were just in that symbiotic flow of love together. And while it looked like I was giving her something and she was receiving it, I was getting something back of, of at least equal measure. You know, so what the ego will evaluate as giving and receiving is different the spirit is aware of and knows. So this this is the inquiry for us to look at are we in balance giving and receiving? Like really look, uh, does it feel like I'm in balance giving and receiving? You know, I, I still, I, you know, nowadays, I, the vibration of giving to get is so familiar. As soon as I feel it, I just back away from it, you know. It's not that I don't have that thought or that inclination from time to time. But I used to live in a constant giving to get because I thought that's how else am I going to get anything? There's no other way. That's the only way you can get things is you have to give something to get something. But it's, it's not, it's, it's not the way of God. So really looking at how do you feel in relationship to other people, to your life, to God, to the world, 
Are you in balance, giving and receiving? Where are you out of balance? How do you know you're out of balance? How does it feel? And what is it about making the choice to be out of balance that is appealing to you? How is it that it's still attractive to you? What's going on there? Let's just look at the energetics of no right or wrong, you know, just looking at really uh, the deep look of what's actually occurring, what's actually going on. Does it make sense to you? Such a good question. I love it. All right, so uh, I'm going to do the breakout here. Welcome back. So I am very curious to to learn from what you uh, discovered in your breakout. Ahas, insights, breakthroughs. Overwhelming. Deb. I was just particularly reminded of how, what place I was in when I was giving to get, which was maybe, maybe even a year ago when, when I really saw this and, and so I was grateful to, to remember that and remember the feeling of resentment that I had whenever I was giving to get. And um, so not, and then to to see the place where I am now, where I I really work at remembering that pain and knowing I don't want it anymore, so I'm not going to give to get anymore. And um, and how how wonderful it feels now to be in this place of giving and receiving, and and the joy that that is. So. Remember. Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, because sometimes it feels like, oh, we're not making a lot of progress. It's not happening big, bigly. And um, but then when we truly look back and it's hard to do because, I mean, when it's only a year or so ago, it's easier to remember how it felt. But um I honestly, I cannot really understand how I used to feel. I knew I was suffering, I was in pain. I knew I felt frustrated and trapped and things like that. But I I can't actually recollect how it feels. It's like, you know, they say if, if women could remember what giving birth felt like, they would all, nobody would have more than one child or very few people. But if the, you know, fortunately, the capacity for us to remember pain is not that good. And that is fortunate. Um, we can have, uh, PTSD and we can have, there's phobias and things like that. But yeah, so it's, but it's, it's nice to be able to recognize, wow, I've really, really shifted my way of being in the world. Yes. Yes. 
all because of all of you guys and all the support. Yeah, it takes a village to raise a person. Yes. Yeah. Look at my beautiful village right here. Exactly. Exactly. What a beautiful village. What a beautiful village we are. Such good company. Oh, thank you, Deb. Who else would like to share? Ahas, realizations. Okay, we've got Maggie, Sandy, Carla, Scott, Cheryl. Uh, let's hear from Cheryl. Uh, I don't think we've heard from you in class for a while, so let's start with you, Cheryl. Hi. Um, I don't know. We were contemplating. I was in class in a breakout with uh, Maggie and Carla, and uh, maybe they'll add to the discussion, but I was contemplating the act of uh, giving and receiving, and it was hard to consider it without some kind of action um, applied. And the action, I feel, is um, the opening of my heart, Let, allowing the flow of love to, in an outward movement or an inward movement. Mm -hmm. um, so it made me think of... Uh, the summer when I visited my son in Colorado and he, we went, went to the grocery store and he needed to buy um, soap for the shower. And uh, he kept wanting to buy this lavender soap, lavender scented soap. And I kept saying, well, I'm leaving in a couple days, buy whatever soap you want. But he kept insisting on this lavender soap and I, I didn't quite get it. But anyway, I used it. And I didn't realize till I got home I was uh, speaking with a spiritual friend, and she said, isn't that wonderful that your son wants to express his love to you by buying you lavender soap? And I'm like, that's what it was. And uh, so to receive that gift from him, I, I wasn't in the moment able to do that. But what I did later was um, acknowledge to him that I had run out of my own soap, and went out and replaced it with the same lavender soap that, that he had bought for me. And he was just, um, he just lit up the fact that I acknowledged that gift. So I think there's an opening of the heart that happens, whether I'm the giver or the receiver. So beautiful. So beautiful. Absolutely. Yes, because it's all about God relating to itself by means of us. I love that. Thank you, Cheryl. All right, so let's see. Let's have Sandy share. I gotcha. Hi. Hi. Yeah, um, I was sharing in my breakout session, and as you know, I'm in in this mo moving forward to building a home in South Carolina and moving from California. 
there over the next several months. And I have a really good friend there that I've known uh, from my home state, Pennsylvania. We've known each other since the 70s. And she's doing all these things, like, and she's very good. I mean, she's a designer and has refurbished homes and all of the things that I'm not necessarily good at. She's doing all of this advanced work for me. And I'm, I'm really grateful and I'm, tr- I guess I'm wanting to open up to receive. And there is a part that's saying, how do I get back to her? What do I, you know, it's how do you get that balance? I almost feel guilty uh, in a way. Um, and I just, you know, I'm just like, okay, how do I balance? I know she really wants me to move there. So we would have that companionship, but it's like, I don't know exactly what to do with all this receiving. <laughs> yeah. What do I do with it? <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in, at times I've talked, Sandy, with folks in Masterful Living who, um, women who attract a man into their life who wants to give to them and provide for them and take care of them and, take out their trash and get their car oiled and all these different things. And at, sometimes at first they're like, you know, what's all this, you know? And, uh, I, I don't, I don't think I want all this. And they have to warm up to allowing themselves to just receive, just receive. Um, one of the things that helped me uh, tremendously was I had the realization uh, when I was in my first few years being a spiritual counselor, and I, I was recognizing in my own mind the thought of, geez, I give so much to this person and they don't give me much, and, and then uh, I'm not giving that much to that person and they give me so much, and trying to equalize things, and Fortunately, what came to me, the realization is, everything I receive, I receive from God. Everything I give, I give to God. And therefore, it's all perfect all the time. And so, if God says, you know, give that person a meal, uh, pay for that person to go to the thing, or, uh, and then somebody else comes along and says, I'd like to buy you dinner, I'd like to, pay for you to go to the thing. Um, you know, I had a thing one time when we were on retreat in South Carolina or North Carolina, and somebody said, uh, I was going into the spa, and uh, they said, you know, I'd like to give you a gift. So I'd like to, if there's something here that you'd like, and I said, well, I'm just about to get a massage. If you want to pay for the massage, that's fine. And I realized later that they might have thought, like, maybe you'd like some little thing from the gift shop, you know, some $20 thing. And I, I, you know, I was having a $160 massage with a $30 tip or whatever. You know, it was like a $200 thing. And I, I realized, oh, gosh, I didn't even think, like, what's your budget, you know, or what, what should I 
what what's reasonable i and i thought you know oh was i not being conscious or was i just really in tune with they wanted to give me something i would like and i was about to have a massage so it was the perfect win win for everybody so yeah just operating from the consciousness sandy of when you feel moved to do something for somebody you do it mm-hmm. you know and and that's the thing is i've eliminated that idea of well what are they going to do for me in return is no yeah it's just in the flow of love and that's it's it does it's a recalibration but it will increase your receptivity and your givingness both which is wonderful you know what i just remembered when you were were talking um my friend like i am is a cat person she actually has four cats right now <laughs> but several years ago one of her cats was really in need of uh, an eye operation and she didn't really have the money to do it until you know four weeks six weeks out and i just said oh well he can't wait smoky can't wait for that operation i'll send you the money and so he got it done right away and then of course she paid me back but i never really looked at at that as a gift I didn't feel like I was giving, but I think that was giving, right? Yeah. Um, so, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was wonderful. All right. So, let's see. We've got Scott. You ready, Scott? Ready. Okay. Um the the main thing I want to share was um the profound uh, experience I had uh, in relation to this. Um, about a half an hour before class, um, I had been depressed today, um, um, especially with the job situation, as you know, and um, God just said, you know, receive my love. And I just filled up with God's love and I felt it so strongly. And that, to me is is the answer because yesterday when I went to the Course in Miracles Center in um, uh, CR Center in, in New York City, I had gotten the, the message that I do a lot of giving to get in terms of like, in terms of self-esteem, in terms of praise from other people. And um, so this is really, you know, the solution when I fill up with, with God's love, I, I don't need that. And um, I was also looking at my marriage. I would, I, a huge imbalance. The reason I filed for divorce was that I was felt I was like the giving tree and just giving and giving and and uh, not receiving. And I sort of now um, that I've lost my job, it, it sort of feels nice that my um, we're still friends. And so um, my wife bought me groceries, and it just sort of feels nice. I don't know if it's a payoff, but it feels nice for her to be doing something for me. Like, um, uh, it's, it's part of me that likes that. I, um, that you said, like, what's the part that's appealing to you? But, um, uh, so, um, and one member of our group, I forgot who was, also mentioned something about, you know, um, 
uh, approval. Like then, you know, if, if I'm giving to get, you know, I'm, maybe I'm seeking approval. I, I, that's something that resonates with me too. Um, so that's what I wanted to share. But the best thing is this connection I have with God and, and talking with God daily and receiving God's love. It's feel, it just feels so beautiful. Ah, that's wonderful. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. All right, Maggie, then Carla. Oh, do I unmute the phone? Or you got the phone? There you go. Thank you. Sorry. No problem. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a similar experience as Deb, I think, with this question where I feel like I've just come a really long way on this. I feel like I used to expend a tremendous um, amount of energy feeling um, worrying about the balance sheet, you know, and it was exhausting. Um, and so I just felt really grateful when I was asked this question that I didn't have all this like negative frustration come up, you know, um, and I also feel that because of that, you know, we say giving and receiving, it kind of sets it up like this dichotomy, you know, yin and yang or something. And to me, it kind of like what you were saying, it's really all giving or it's really all receiving in a way. Um, because my ego struggled so much with that, I almost find it more helpful to not even use those two terms because they sound kind of opposite, you know, each other. And um, so I was reminded of a talk, one of your um, radio shows where you talked about how you were praying for something and but you had blocks to that. So you started praying to be receptive. Yes. You know, and, and that just resonated with me so much. And so I've been trying to really incorporate that. I added that to my contract and say that to myself. And I find that kind of takes that ego wanting to balance and what's the score sheet and who did the, you know, it just swipes that kind of clean and just says, well, I'm willing to be receptive for where the flow of life wants me to be right now, whether that's giving, receiving, whatever, you know, it, we don't even have to label it. For me, my ego is so tuned into that that it's almost better if I don't. So I just wanted to share that concept of receptivity was really helpful to me. And as others have said, for me, what really transformed that out of that place of the score sheet giving was um, to the self-love, not to want to put myself through just how awful that felt to be so resentful and, and so consumed with this. I mean, I just so much rather be consumed with something more interesting <laughs> So just to not clog my life up with worrying about that as a gift to myself instead of wanting someone else to give. Um, and since doing all that, I've also realized we we're talking about my group with Cheryl and Carla that I really realized through all that giving to get, I actually wasn't receptive to, to, to getting the help I was seeking. It, it, it was just like a fool's errand, you know, and so it, um, 
that's been a helpful reminder to me to kind of pause instead of instantly say, oh, no, I got it. You know, someone's offering to help, say, like, pause for a second. Okay, great. You know, thank you. You know, I just never would even say that, but yet I was always supposedly trying to get people to help me. So it felt good to kind of reflect on this question and realize how differently I see it now. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful, Maggie. It's, uh, I so relate because I was a scorekeeper. And, uh, for me, all of it was giving to get, it was all about control. Trying to control everything. And, uh, of course, if we're trying to control everything, we have, uh, zero trust in God. And the constant need to control is a constant affirmation. God has left the building and I'm in charge. Yeah. Awesome. High five. Yes. High five. Yeah. All right, Carla. Final words here. I'm kind of rushing out. Because I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Pennsylvania to visit my mother, right? And it came to me even before the class that this may be why I'm having some some disturbance with my sister is that I haven't really acknowledged and been receptive of what they're willing to give. They've been judging what they give as whatever and haven't really been receptive to it as the gift that it is. Yeah. And so I'm going to state my intention for this trip. I would like to be receptive and acknowledge that gift. And I want to say one more thing is that I called my mother yesterday and gave her my itinerary. And she said, the first thing she said was, you didn't call me. How come you didn't call me and tell me? And I'm like, I realized this, even that was a gift. Because instead of just holding it in, she told me. And I said, and this is the shift. It's happening. I know it's happening. So I'm really interested in continuing it to happen is it I didn't defend myself or judge what she said, which I think I have in the past. I just said, well, I'm telling you now, I'm calling you now to let you know 
And and this was a gift. This was the gift. Is that she was receptive. She let go of the thinking, the whatever and, and all that. And I, I really and to see this now is we were talking about this, is that that was the gift. And I don't think I ever acknowledged that. I just, ex- it was just expected or, you know, something. So, so I guess I want to um, acknowledge the gifts and um, be receptive to them, but, but also let go of any attachment to what that gift should be. So, thank you. Mm. Great insight there, Carla. Such good gifts for us. Hmm. <laughs> Let's pray. Let us receive the gifts of God today. So grateful and thankful that our hearts are open and our minds are liberating from the patterns of the past. So grateful that we can lay the burdens down. So grateful to open and be fully receptive to the healing insights of the Holy Spirit. So grateful that our life is the life of God. And we're living the love. So grateful and so thankful to declare our willingness to relinquish the habits and patterns of the past that have brought us pain and to be fully receptive to all manner of healing. We're opening ourselves to the insight, to the clarity, to the fullness of God's joy and love. We are truly sharing and broadcasting the benefits with everyone. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mm. Great class. Thank you, everybody. Bye for now.